Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. About fighting right. Now, I know that sounds like a marriage message, but it's not, I promise. Uh, if you're in the room and fighting right is a good marriage message for you, you should have been there last night at the date night. And we've got another one coming up in April, I think. Is that right? Uh, somewhere in there, Jesse, in April. Yeah, that's for you. If you, need, if you need some fight right advice for your marriage, get there. I promise you'll get some of that stuff. Jesse's an expert. No, she's not an expert in that. Tito's the expert in fighting right. He's needed to. Isn't it great to see powerful women of God in the house of God? Scary, but great. But great. I'm married to one of those. Scary, but great. Uh, you, know, you know, the spiritual walks, uh, there's so much talked about within the Word of God, talking about our spiritual walk. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's talked about as a walk. When Jesus talked about our spiritual journey, Jesus often used the, the pictures of a farmer sowing seeds or, or a farmer reaping from fields. Uh, you know, the, the Apostle Paul talked about our, our journey. Uh, he talked about it as running a race. And, and you know, I look around the room, there's some people that are probably great at running some physical races. Some of us probably could use a bit of physical activity. Uh, the, the, I'm grateful that it's a, it's a picture of our lives, not necessarily the fact we have to run every day. Uh, talks about running a race. But the Apostle Paul also talks about fighting the good fight. If we go into 1 Timothy chapter 6, he says, fight the good fight, lay hold of eternal life. Now, I, I look around the room, I know some of you are natural fighters. I know there's some, some people, you know there's like fight or flight response. Uh, you know there's the two? Some of you in the room have got flight response. I was diving with Andrew Jones. Sorry, he hates me telling stories about him. I was spearfishing with him during the week and, uh, and he did a dive and he come back up like 20 seconds later. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, when I got towards the bottom, five big bull sharks swam up to me. And he's had, this is his words, I got my flight response on. I'm like, it's time to fight, man. There's fish to spear on the bottom. Stop swimming to the surface. It's time to fight. Some of you are natural fighters. I look across the front row. I'm married to a natural fighter. One of them's my father. Deb's over here. There's a whole bunch of natural fighters on the front row. It's a scary front row if you know these people. Extend it over this side as well. Oh my God, the front row's full of killers, I'm telling you what. Not you guys, you would never have had a fight in your marriage. It's just been perfection over those years. Can I have an amen from somebody that... Let's get in there. Praise Jesus for His grace. There's some natural fighters in the room. When I talk about fighting the good fight, you're like, yes, I'm there. Who do I fight? Bring them in front of me. I'll knock them out. Some of us in the room are more pacifists and we don't like this sort of picture of our lives. We like to think that this, everything's got to be great. Peace and love in Jesus' name. But this is the reality of what Paul's showing us. He says we've got to fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes in our faith journey, there's some fighting required with our lives. And I want to speak to you today about how we can fight right. Um, when I was a kid, I, I actually had a real love of lighting fires. Uh, I don't know why, but it was something that I just enjoyed to do. Uh, I remember when I was probably around the age of 10 to 12, in that gap somewhere, 
my brother and I and, and some friends from the neighbourhood decided to build cubby houses up near our house. We had a spare block beside us. Actually, I don't think it was a spare block. It was somebody else's property, but it was quite a big property. And uh, we built a cubby house and we built it out of sticks and put grass over the cubby houses. Listen, it was back in the days of Star Wars. So like they were Ewok huts. You know what I'm saying? For all the old people in the room, you know what I'm talking about. For the young people, you only know new Star Wars, so you know what I'm saying. But this is what we did as kids. So we, we did this for the real young people in the room. You don't know how to look past your mobile phones and you don't even know what a cubby house is. That's okay for you as well. We went outside, we built this. And, and then we had this bright, incredible idea. Hey, let's get some toast and get some bread and let's make toast in our grass cubby house. Now listen, it was a great idea when I was 10. At 46, it's the stupidest idea I've ever had. But we decide we make a little fire, we get started, we start cooking toast, but all of a sudden the fire jumps onto the edge of the cubby house. And now the cubby house is burning so big that it's coming out of the top of the trees that we're hiding in. Now listen, my brother and his mate did what all flight people do. They ran to tell dad. You know what I'm saying right now? Don't tell dad because if you tell dad, we're dead when we get home. But they ran. They didn't even think to fight this thing. I'm trying to put it out. I've got like a little grass stick trying to hit the grass more and making more fire and trying to put the thing out till my father come up and had to put it out. And, you know, his fear was that he was going to burn the next door neighbor's house down. Well, I was going to burn the next door neighbor's house down. That was his biggest fear. I actually remember that day going back and having a shower after we finally put out the thing and putting on 15 pairs of underpants and five pairs of shorts to go in and have a conversation with my dad. Praise God at that moment, my dad was too exhausted for putting out the fire and he couldn't even give me a hiding. That's actually the truth. He actually said to me, I'm too tired or you'd be copping a hiding right now, boy. Uh, fires. I remember when I was a little bit younger, we actually had a farmhouse in, in Lansdowne when I was really, really young. I probably would have only been four or five. My, my mum gave us an icy pole and I was eating an icy pole and I'd also found a box of matches. So I was sitting under the house and I was lighting a little fire under the house and it was really exciting when the fire was small but all of a sudden it got really big and started to almost go up onto the underneath of the house. What did I have to fight the fire? I had my icy pole. Listen, I'm like putting out my... my fire with the icy pole by the time I finished putting out the fire my dad has never heard this story before and he's looking at me really angry right now and by the time I finished putting out the fire I got no icy pole left disaster I couldn't really go back and say mum could I have another icy pole I just nearly burnt the house down and saved it with my icy pole listen I wasn't using the right thing to fight that fire and I probably should have learned my lesson at four or five before I become 10 to 12 and nearly burnt down the neighbor's house but I didn't learn my lesson I, I, uh, a couple of years ago, we, we had a staff training. I, I don't know if you remember this, Pastor Lydia. We went over to Carindale and we did the staff training and they taught us how to put out different fires uh, with different utensils. Uh, they, they explained really clearly, if you've got an electrical fire, don't throw water on the electrical fire. Because if you throw water on the electrical fire, one thing, you won't need to worry about the fire anymore because you get electrocuted and die, but the fire will still burn down that property. They said, don't throw water on an oil fire because it just makes it spread even worse. And they explained the different things we use to fight. Listen, if we understand in life, we're going to know 
the different tools we have in our arsenal to fight the spiritual battle. Sometimes we try and fight the spiritual battle with the, with the wrong tools, the wrong arsenal, the wrong outworking of our lives. And like me as a three to five-year-old, using your, your icy poles, not the right tool to put out a fire. We've got to understand there's right tools, the right outworking. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. He says, we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. Listen, sometimes we face natural issues. There are natural things that we're facing in our life, but it's a spiritual battle. Sometimes you're facing some natural challenges in your family, some natural challenges in relationships, your natural challenges in your body, but there's a spiritual battle going on around your life. Uh, When I was young in faith, I remember first coming to Christ and I got involved in an outreach into one of the local schools uh, over near our, our Brisbane location. And we, we were passionate and we said, let's go and pray over this school because we're, we're believing God's going to have revival in this school and young people are going to come to Christ. So we went and prayed in this school. You know, we were young, passionate teenage leaders and we're excited for what God was doing. We're also Pentecostals, so we're crazy and we're praying there together and we're speaking in tongues and we're, and we're speaking over what God's doing in this school. And one of the young leaders gets inspired and says, there's a demon in this school. Now, I don't doubt there was. And I don't doubt that God needs to do some work in that school. And I look now, some 20 plus years on, he still needs to do some work in that school. But this kid's idea for getting rid of that demon, he went and found a brick, pricked up this brick, and he said, let's anoint this brick and let's throw it at the school. You know, gratefully, he was a bad shot, never broke anything. I'm not too sure he cast any demons out of the school with that brick because you've got to understand there's a spiritual battle going on, but we as humans love to try and bring the the physical element to that spiritual battle. Paul writes and says, we walk in the flesh, yes, we're facing flesh issues, We're, we're facing some natural issues right now, and they're genuine natural issues in our life, but we're not looking at it in human terms, we've got to understand there's some spiritual battle going on around our lives. T.D. Jakes made a great statement. He said this, we seek God answers in man places. Often we seek God answers in man places. Humans love to bring it material and we can can materialize our issues and face our issues. Praise God that we can do that sometimes, but some things need some spiritual battle. Some things don't happen in the natural until they've already been faced on our knees in our prayer closet. Some things we need to begin to pray, we need to begin to need to fast, we need to build ourselves in the spiritual elements of our life to begin to stand in the gap and see God do a miracle inside of us and around us in the spirit before we try and do something else around our lives. Let me add to that. If I really could, I would love to add this, the, the natural battle is also a fact that we're not fighting against humans. Isn't it incredible how even as Christians, sometimes we forget the fact that we're not fighting against humans. That that workmate that right now is making our work environment really difficult becomes the focus of our attention, not the spirit that's going on around that person's life. And all of a sudden, we start to think on that person. We start to meditate on that person. Listen, there may be somebody in church, and it's even sadder for us as Christians, sometimes other Christians become the battleground of our lives. 
and we forget the reality that the enemy is the one that we're fighting. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes Christians forget that the enemy is the enemy, the devil. He's the one that's doing that. Now, the devil can also use Christians to make our lives challenged. The devil can use pastors sometimes. Listen, I don't walk into this place perfect. There may be times in your life, in being a part of this church long enough, there may be times when I could offend you. I could offend you when I'm standing on the platform preaching and talking about something that's really close to you and it may be offensive to you. And the enemy can even use that. He can use people around you. He can use Christians around you. He can use situations around you. But our focus needs to shift off those situations and come back to what, what's going on in the spiritual realm around our life. Listen, you may sit here being offended by others. You may sit here being sometimes the offense to others. It doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that it's a spiritual battle. And if we're going to fight right, we're going to forget, we're going to forget the realization that people are not the issue. People aren't the issue. It's what's going on right now around our life in the Spirit. Let me add to that. People aren't always your answer either. Uh, listen, I praise God for the people that He has put in my life to be an answer for me sometimes. But if my eyes only go to people... I tell you what, I'm missing the real genuine power of what it means to actually fight. Uh, In this room, there are great people that have spoken in my life. My father, I'm grateful for him. Uh, I look up the back. We have a visitor in the house, someone that is very close to me, Uncle Kevin Dale's up the back. Can you give me a wave, Uncle Kev? (laughs) Uncle Kevin Dale's, this man has been, for as long as I remember, Somebody that has been an influence in my life and my family. A great man of God. One of the very first pastors in the INC movement. An incredible man of faith and an incredible man of God. From some of my earliest memories uh, of this man and my dad praying in my house and praying around our family. Powerful, powerful man of God. Uh, In fact, when I first came to Christ, I was struggling with people in my work environment. I was going to quit. I was, I was going to go to Bible college. It seemed like the right thing to do. And Pastor Kevin's wife at a conference came and spoke to me and said, listen, your time is not right yet to leave your work. She didn't even know. She just came and said, God just spoke to me. Your time's not right. It actually caused me to stay in my work environment for the next year. And I stayed there in that work environment. I kept working. And when God was ready, He released me into ministry. And it was somebody like that that God sent. So listen, I'm not saying people aren't important. I'm saying if every time I wanted to hear from God, I went and spoke to Annie Bev and said, Annie Bev, what's God saying for my life? Then there is a problem in my spiritual journey. If my focus is only on men. In fact, Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 17 has a powerful revelation of this. In chapter 17, verse 5, he says, this is what the Lord says. Curse to those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunned, uh, sorry, stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in barren wilderness and in an uninhabited salty land. Again, praise God for men and women of God that have been in my world and uh, part of the church is the fact that we're here together with each other. But if we just turn our eyes only to people, only 
to those in our lives, only to people. If we, if we face a problem, just look into others, we miss the power of what God's really doing in us. Listen, if you just want Pastor Tim to pray for you, I just need Pastor Tim. Uh, listen, I'm here to pray for anyone that needs prayer. I'm here to stand in agreement with you, no doubt about it. But my real job is to keep pointing you back to Jesus Christ. As a pastor, my job is to point you to the Word. As a job, my, part is to, uh, my job is to point you back to what Christ is doing in your life and in your heart. That is my job. It's not to point you to me. I'll fix your problems. I won't fix your problems. Sometimes I'll mess them up more because sometimes I'm a little human like you. Turn our eyes to Jesus, to keep pointing you to Jesus, to keep pointing you back to Him, to keep pointing you back to His kingdom, to keep pointing you back to His power, to keep pointing you back to what God is doing in your life. He says, if man trusts in man alone and turn the heart away from God, Listen, there is a great danger in just trusting in humans because people will let you down. Listen, we've got great life group leaders here and I'm grateful for the incredible life group leaders. Pastor Steve and Liz and, and all the life group leaders are so passionate about discipling people. That is wonderful. But those life group leaders are again failed and sometimes they're going to let you down if your trust is just in life group leaders. It's just in them alone. You're always going to run into troubles. And listen, some of those life group leaders could even offend you. Could even say something offensive to you. Pastor Steve could offend you. Not Pastor Lydia, she's perfect, but most of the rest of us could offend you. So our trust has got to be in God. Listen, let me turn that on its head. Sometimes we try and trust in me. In mere humans. Well, my life group leader is going to let me down. Pastor Tim's going to let me down. I'm the only one that's not going to let me down. Somebody, uh, uh, a young person, posted recently uh, on social media, and I saw that post and I had a little chuckle to myself. They said this I'm only going to believe me from now on because why would I lie to myself? Listen. Trusting in me, in myself, is just as dangerous. Because you know what? I let myself down all the time. I do. Last night, we went to, I just popped in to the, to the relationships moment there. And I just popped in. I already had dinner. I'm not going to eat anymore. And all of a sudden, there's beautiful curry there. And I, and I let myself down. Because I was sitting next to John, and he was encouraging me. And I could smell the yummy curry. So I had some curry. And it was so yummy. But there was this beautiful chocolate sitting there also. And my brother John, because he loves me, removed that chocolate and placed it in front of his table just so I wouldn't eat it. And praise God for him. But then he walked away and I let myself down. <laughs> and that chocolate went into my mouth and into my stomach. And it tasted so good. And I let myself down. Anyone a sucker for Ferrero shares? Those things are the devil. I'm sure when Adam and Eve were looking in the fruit, it wasn't an apple. It was a Ferrero share. There is no doubt. No wonder they unwrapped that Ferrero share. And Monica, I'm, I'm hearing your sister. It's got nuts in it. So it's got to be good for us, right? It's got to be. Listen, I try to blame it. I'm my sister, but John knew 
He could smell that Ferrero share on my breath. He knew I'd let myself down. Listen, we let ourselves down. Can I have an amen from somebody that's tried to diet? Can I have an amen from somebody that's tried to exercise? Can I have an amen from somebody that's tried all of these different things not to let myself down? But I've let myself down. I've lied to myself. Here's a big challenge in our journey. It's the big challenge. Listen, this is one of the issues why we have control problems. I'm trying to control everything because right now if I can control it, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to... What, is, what did Jeremiah say? If you trust in mere humans, including yourself, but if, if I control my kids, if I just stop my kids from seeing those friends, if I just stop my kids from this situation, if I just stop my kids, how's that control working out for us? If we're trying to control, we're trying to fight these situations, I'll fix it. Listen, you'll stuff it up worse and worse. Every time I've tried to control my kids, I've made the situations worse. But you know what? When I've stopped trying to control, stop trying to do it with human strength, stop trying to hold on to situations and let go and let God move in my life, I've seen God do some incredible stuff. Gary Payton said this, nothing, absolutely nothing happens till parents stop clenching their fists around precious things and people and let go and trust God clenching their fists. We do it. We're trying to sort it out. We're trying to fix it. Verse 7, Jeremiah says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, and they've made the Lord their hope and their confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. They have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Listen, that hope and confidence, if you look at that word, it means to actually build around our lives a refuge. If we're trusting the Lord and we are building a refuge around our lives, building a refuge around who we are. Listen, that's, that's so much better than running after what I can control or what someone else can fix for me. Saying, God, I need you to be my refuge. The long months of drought. Has anyone had long months of prayer? Has anyone had long months of fasting? Has anyone had long months of believing for our kids? Has anyone had long months of believing for my finance? Long months of holding on in the midst of a family struggle, in the midst of a relationship struggle? Jeremiah is teaching us that the most valuable lessons in fighting right come in saying, listen, don't just trust in me. Don't just trust in humans around me, but put my trust in the one that's never going to let me down. Put my trust in God that's going to be there by my side. Put my trust in Him. Lynn Austin, I read a quote during the week. I actually sent it to a couple of young people just saying, hey, I love this quote and I want to read it to you today. It says this, faith doesn't come in a bushel basket. Missy, it comes one step at a time. Decide to trust him for one little thing today. Before you know it, you'll find out he's so trustworthy, you're putting your whole life in his hands. If you're going to fight right, what can you trust him with today? What's one thing? Maybe if you're writing notes, I can see a bunch of you on your phones, and I'm sure you're not on Facebook. 
If you're writing notes, what's, what's your one thing you can trust? God, I'm going to trust him again for my marriage. I'm going to trust him again for my child. I'm going to trust him again in my finances. I'm going to trust him again in an area of my life. I'm going to trust him again in my work environment. I'm going to trust him again for that grandchild. I'm going to trust him again. What are those things? Maybe one. Simple. Just start there. One thing. God, I've been holding it back. I've been trying to control it all. I've been trying to fix it myself. And the more I tried to fix it, the bigger a mess I made, the more disaster I created. God, I'm going to stop. I'm going to trust you in this moment. And you alone. I'm going to put that one thing back in your hand. Can you trust him for something today? One thing, one thing in your life that you can trust him? No, 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 Pastor Tim, I got this, I got this. I can, I can work it out. Again, he reiterates in verse 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The human heart. Why is it we can't put our trust in ourselves? Like that young person said, oh, I wouldn't lie to myself. We do. We lie to ourselves. The human heart is more deceitful than anything else. My heart is more wicked than anything else. It lies to me. It lies to me. Why do we lie to ourselves? Listen, you may be sitting in this room and say, I've never lied to myself, Pastor Tim. Thank you for proving my point don't have to go any further than that. You just proved it. You showed that there's a reality. And you also showed that Jeremiah dropped one of the biggest truth bombs of the Word of God. Drops it. He says this, if you're trusting in humans, including you, it's going to be messy. It's going to be difficult. But when we come and put our trust in God, we come and trust in Him alone, trust in His work for our life. We trust that He's going to outwork great things in us. When we put our trust in Him. We even turn off from our own self, our own trying to control, our own trying to fix stuff all of ourselves, And we say, God, I trust in You. From that point, things start to change. Verse 10 and 11. But I, the Lord, search all hearts, examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Is anyone grateful that God searches our hearts? Listen, I know there's been times in all of our lives that we've had to stop and say, God, you need to search me. King David, when he was writing, he said this, search me, O God. Search me, O God. Search me, O God. Why search? Because in our own natural way, we're trying to fight and we're usually making excuses for our mess. In our own way, we're trying to fight and we're usually deflecting our mess onto somebody else. Anyone ever done that in that marriage? They're having a conversation with a husband and wife, and the deflection becomes powerful. And all of a sudden, as a husband, it's my wife's fault. She did it. She said it. She outworked it. And in our stubbornness, the deflection continues to go back to her. It goes back to her. We're deflecting back. We're deflecting back. Why search me? Because when God searches me, He says, Tim, you're being an idiot right now. This is not your wife's issue, it's all yours. Stop and say the S word. And I know you think of marriage, I mean the S-O-R-R-Y word. Sorry. Sorry. Because I've been fighting the wrong person. How do we fight right? 
Sometimes we say, God, search me. What's actually going on with that work, mate? Why do they irritate me so much? What, what is it that they say that's different from somebody else that really just, anyone had those situations? That person just presses your button. You're not even sure why they press your button. I know some of you are married to that person. That's okay. <laughs> Search me, oh God. Search me, oh God. What is there in my heart that makes that situation? Listen, if we're going to fight right, we'll fight with him, central to this, and he comes and he works in our lives and he works out. Search me, oh God. Search my heart. Search my life. Listen, transformation comes with a prayer of search me, oh God. Search me, search my heart. Because he's the one that searches all hearts. He's the one that examines secret motives. I don't have any secret motives. We all have the secret motives. In our natural state, we all do. None of us walk into this room, I'm I'm exempt from secret. All of us have our secret motives and he searches us. He moves and if we're going to fight right, it's the reality of God search this stuff. That I'm not fighting me. Sometimes we're fighting someone else because we're fighting me. We're fighting my own mess and reflecting it elsewhere. God, come and search me. Move in me. Take some trash out of me. Remove some garbage from my life. Remove some mess that I've carried with me. Have you ever, you ever been so angry at somebody else and you stop and realize, honestly, I'm just angry at me and my situation right now. God, pick it up out of my life and remove it today. A- and then... Remove it today and leave it removed. Amaka, I can't say her last name, said this. When God takes out the trash, don't go digging back through it. Trust Him. Anyone done that before? Thank you, Jesus, for taking out the bin of my life. But let me just go and unwrap it again. Ooh, you know, that bin part felt really comfortable. You know what? I'm just going to put that back on. I've been carrying that attitude for a long time. In fact, I feel awkward with that, that attitude on my life. Oh, I need to grab this mess again because I walked out of church and I felt naked without this part of my mess. You know what? When we're saying, search me, oh God, test my heart, transform my life, can we leave some stuff with Him? Can we come into the house of God and let His Spirit wash over us and just leave it washed off? And leave it washed in the house and walk out whole without picking up some of those attitudes, without picking them up again for our heart and for our life. Let me wrap up as he says in verse 14. O Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. Listen, if we're going to fight right, I understand this is a spiritual battle. And it's one in the Spirit. And it's one with our King. And it's one with Jesus, centered to our life, centered to the direction of who we are. God's the one that works. God's the one that fights for us. If we're going to fight right, He's fighting for me. He's fighting for my life. He directs me. He guides me. He moves in me. He is the one that works every area of my life. If I'm going to fight right, God's got to be central to my fight. He's got to be central to my battle. He's got to be central to the outworking of every part of this. We, we, we switch our eyes off God and put it onto others. That are, yes, they're frustrating. Yes, there's a natural challenge. Yes, there's a situation that needs to be set right. But God is central to it. Are we bringing it to Him first?
Are we laying it at the foot of the cross and saying, God, listen, this problem's bigger than me. It's bigger than my, my own understandings. You need to move in these areas of my life. Teresa of Avalia said this, It is presumptuous in me to wish to choose my path because I cannot tell which path is best for me. I must leave it to the Lord who knows me to lead my path which is best for me so that in all things His will may be done. Central to our lives. God, His leadership. Fight the good fight of faith. Not fight the good fight of people. Not fight the good fight of finances. Not fight the good fight of my marriage. Fight the good fight of faith. Central to the fact is we have faith that God is working in our lives. He's working in our situations. He's working in our marriages. He's working over our kids. He's working over every area of our world. Come on, let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes as we wrap up here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you fight for us. Jesus alone, we make a mess. Jesus alone, when we're trying to fight, we're trying to fix stuff, we make it worse. We try to change things and we usually just mess them up. God, sometimes our own heart desires are messed up. Jesus, we stop in a moment right here in this time of turning our eyes to you and we pray, God, that you would do such a deep work in us. Some of us have carried fear into this room. Search us, O oh God. Some of us have carried resentment into this room. Search us, O oh God. Some of us have carried bitterness into this room. Search us, O oh God. Some of us have walked in here with resentfulness towards other people, even other believers. God, search us this morning. Search your hearts. Search your hearts. Search your hearts. Some of us come in this morning so confused. God, I pray over that spirit of confusion this morning. God, your spirit would move over that spirit. Your spirit would heal hearts, minds, and lives right now in Jesus' name. And God, here in this room, your Holy Spirit is here. God, some of us have been fighting so hard trying to do right, trying to make things right, trying to sort stuff out. It just seems so messy. God, here in this moment, your voice is calling. Some of us stop fighting. Put your hands. Release some things to me right now. I see a man in this room. You've just been fighting fighting, you feel like this last six months has just been such such a physical battle. Hear the Holy Spirit just echo into your heart right now. Just stop, let go in the moment. Just release. Stop trying to fight in yourself. Just surrender to me right now. See, there's a relationship here. Things have been so tense trying to fix stuff but the more you try and fix it the worse it gets Holy Spirit's here right now and He's just speaking over your relationship speaking over it right now speaking His grace 
speaking his grace. I see a young person here right now. You've had issues with other people. It's caused you angst on the inside. Even today, you can feel that as I spoke about, that angst is there. The Holy Spirit's here right now to bring peace, to allow forgiveness to come, to allow grace to come, to allow trust to come, that you're trusting that God can do something in that person's life. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, across this room, across this room, there's been fighting, there's been fighting, there's been striving and struggling across this room here this morning Holy Spirit if you're just speaking someone here in this room I sense a, a, a number of people have just been fighting in yourself fighting with yourself frustrated at your own failings I sense someone here there's been such a frustration at yourself your own disappointments your own failings today God is just wanting to wash that away as He brings His grace to your life now Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Young man, so frustrated in your world. You're trying to push forward, and every time you do, you feel like you fall back. Right now, God wants you just to surrender to Him. Just to surrender to your heart. He's speaking to you now. He's speaking to you now. Listen, He's not speaking out of frustration and anger you're speaking you've had that frustration he's speaking out of love and grace right now love and grace for your life thank you Jesus 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 Jesus. you know this morning Maybe you're here and you don't know Christ. Well, heads are bowed, eyes are closed across this room. Maybe you're here and you feel like, my life, I'm away from God. And it's time to turn my heart and my life back to Him. Maybe you've walked with Christ in the past. Maybe you never have. But here today, Christ is calling you back to Him. Well, heads are bowed, eyes are closed across this place. If you're like that, you're saying, Pastor Tim, I need to just re-surrender my life to Christ. I'd love you to give me a wave here in this room. Jesus is here. His Spirit's here right now. His Spirit's here to just touch your heart and touch your life quickly. Right now, this is your moment. Just give me a wave. Pastor Tim, pray for me. Pray for me quickly. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss the power of it right here, right now for you. Awesome. Awesome over there on the side. Awesome on the side. That's great. Quickly, who'll join those two this morning? I see there's some fight in some people's life right now. Just quickly, just give me a wave. Pastor Tim, pray for me. Pray for me in this moment. I need to reignite my faith with Christ. I need to reignite it in this moment. Quickly, quickly. He'll join those two. This is your moment today. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for those two. Three. Awesome. I thank you for what you're doing right now in those three lives. Is there a reigniting of faith? A reigniting of relationship with you? Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the power of this moment as hearts open to you. Hearts open again to an encounter with you, to an interaction with you. Jesus, are you igniting those lives again? I pray right now an empowerment of the Spirit of God. I pray right now a moving of your Spirit, Jesus. 
thank you, my God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your loving grace. Your loving grace. Your loving grace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the work of the cross. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough for us. It's enough for us. It's enough. The beautiful work of the cross. Thank you for that over those lives right now. Here in this room, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Let's give those people a great big hand. That's a great decision. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.